Hello everyone. Welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez and this is our full moon forecast. And so the full moon is going to take place on October 1st, 2020 around 4.04 PM central time. So of course, depending on where you are in the world, the time is going to be a little bit different. So the full moon is going to take place in the sign of Pisces. And more specifically, keeping in mind, I follow the sidereal Vedic system. The moon will be in the nakshatra of Uttara Bhadrapada. And I always hold this nakshatra with so much reverence and so much respect. If you've had a reading with me and you have any major planets in Uttara Bhadrapada, I talk about how spiritual this nakshatra is. And the symbol for this nakshatra is the back of a funeral cot. So there is this connection to endings. More specifically, the exit of the material world. Because Pisces is also the final sign of the zodiac, there is a connection to the 12th house. And when we think about the 12th house and the sign of Pisces, it's coming to the end. It's finding this meeting place between the material world and the spiritual world. And really that transcendence and having the ability to understand what is actually important in this world. Because when we're getting ready to exit, when our soul is preparing to leave the material world, what does it have left to take with it? And that is what is going to be what's most important. And this nakshatra has an incredible ability to decipher what is important and what is not. And so, of course, naturally, there is a connection to sleep, our dreams, our subconscious mind, as the 12th house also represents. So this is a very spiritualizing nakshatra, to say the least. And again, we're going to have a full moon, which means the moon is receiving as much light from the sun as it can. And once the moon is filled with light right? It's at its complete point of brightness. From that moment forward, it's going to begin waning. The light will become stripped from the moon and it will begin to darken. And so there is this auspicious nature about full moons that allow us to release and let go a little bit easier than usual. And I think that this full moon is particularly auspicious because it's landing on October 1st. I feel like October is like the first real month of fall, at least in the United States. And it's also the first full month after the fall equinox. And so with the equinox, fall equinox, the days will become shorter and the night will become longer. This is a very yin time that when we look outside, the leaves are drying. It seems as this life is retreating. There aren't as many babies being born in nature. It's not the spring time of life where everything is coming into full bloom, but it's more of this rest and renewal state. But there's so much active rejuvenation that is taking place in this state of rest. But anyway, this period of time after the fall equinox 
it is also a time to contemplate life and death and the end of cycles. And also how every ending is also the opportunity for a new beginning, which I think is closely associated to Uttara Bhadrapada. This nakshatra really embodies this contemplation of endings and what it signifies. So this full moon is going to allow us to detach from what is not important in our lives and releasing anything that it is time to let go of. Because this nakshatra is such an incredibly spiritual nakshatra, it's an auspicious time to meditate. It's a good time to name children, which I think is interesting. It's kind of like giving a new beginning. And it's also an auspicious time to make pledges and commitments. This nakshatra is also ruled by the planet Saturn. So there is going to be this element to this full moon. I should also mention that the full moon will be aspected by Saturn. The moon will be receiving an aspect of Saturn. It is ruled by Saturn. So it is a time for quiet reflection, laying low, practicing mindfulness and meditation, and then also these commitments. And as I was saying that there is inaction, or excuse me, there is action within inaction, and there is rejuvenation within rest and renewal, it's the same thing in terms of letting go and releasing. Because when we release what no longer matters or what is holding us back, we are committing and pledging to a different future and a different way of being. So though it's letting go of something, you are also moving towards opening yourself up to and accepting something else and a new way of being. So In my opinion, for this full moon, it's an excellent time to take personal inventory. It's like a fall cleaning, a fall purging, and look at what's keeping you from moving forward in your spiritual practices, from connecting to your definition of source. Is there anything in your daily habits that keep you from connecting how you would like or in the way that you speak to others? maybe even the way that you relate or let others in. Just kind of looking at that and pledging to yourself to release these parts of your life so that you can make space for what you want. And I think that sometimes we can lose sight of that, is that if there's something in our life that we're really wanting to manifest and that we're wanting to welcome in, that thing needs space, And so oftentimes there's some element within ourselves that we have to clear out and release, let go, let it be the end of, to create this new beginning for what we're wanting to let this other thing in. So it's the first month of the equinox. It's the first day of October. It's a full moon. I hope that you can take a beautiful personal inventory and see maybe what you're holding on to that you don't need or what's taking up space in your psyche or emotional world that you can begin to release to make room for something else. 
So looking at the world at large, I should remind you all, I have a new Patreon account, which is really exciting. I'm kind of obsessed with it. I've been posting on it quite a bit. Um, I post little blogs. I posted one on Dasha's. I'm going to post different audio files, different videos. And so I posted a blog the other day on this influence of Mercury. And so Mercury in Vedic astrology, it of course governs communication, technology, advertising, humor, um, sharing information with the masses, mathematics. But what I really want to focus on is the media and the spread of messages. In medical astrology, Mercury governs the skin. It has some connection to the hair. There are a few planets that are connected to hair, but Mercury can be. It's connected to the thyroid, the adrenal glands, and the nervous system. And so I think it's very interesting that the same planet that rules the media rules the nervous system. So when it's getting hit with a bunch of malefic aspects, the media is going crazy, there's all types of wild news, of course it's going to directly impact our nervous system. (laughs) So this is happening. Mercury moved out of Virgo. So, you know, it's moving into the sign of Libra. It's getting an aspect of Mars. It's getting an aspect of Saturn. So we can expect this month to have a lot of stressful events occur. You know, looking at more planets than just Mercury for the stressful events, but we're going to be seeing a lot of this on the media. There's going to be a lot of intense news. The nervous system may feel a little shot. Our communication, we may feel a little bit more spicy in our communication, a little bit less controlled and explosive with our communication. So I definitely recommend practices that are going to help soothe the nervous system. There's a practice called Nadi Shodhana. Maybe I'll post it to the Patreon account. It's like a alternate nostril breathing and it helps soothe the nervous system. And you can always Google it as well, Nadi Shodhana. Alternate nostril breathing, it helps soothe the nervous system. That's going to be helpful. Other practices to to soothe the nervous system are going to be eating your favorite snack. That actually turns on the parasympathetic nervous system to digest food, but definitely don't overdo it. Exercise helps relax the nervous system. Talking with a loved one, making time to call your friends, call your family, petting your beloved cat or dog, spending time with animals, spending time in nature is a fantastic way to soothe the nervous system. Cuddling. Cuddling is number one, in my opinion. I don't know if that's scientifically proven to be number one, but it's definitely scientifically proven to really give you a boost of serotonin, all of the happy hormones, and of course, help you ease into that parasympathetic state. So make sure that you're getting heavy doses of these things. Hopefully it's not too hard to convince you to take part in such nice activities. But So taking care of your nervous system, doing any mantra for Mercury on my website. If you go to the chart calculator page and click remedial measures, I have a mantra for Mercury that could be helpful as well at this time. Mercury is receiving you know, it's, it's getting a little bit beat up, but it'll last about a month. Now, K2 is in its Gandanta point. So I've talked about the Gandanta point before. It's the final degrees of a water sign. 
before a fire sign and it feels out of control. The planet feels as if it's drowning and it's just kind of, you know, splashing around, trying as hard as it can to get to the air and it's not acting as it normally would. It's acting erratic. And this is K2, and K2 is said to act quite a bit like Mars, interestingly enough. Now, Mars is also aspecting K2. And K2, of course, is the spiritual node. It's one of the karmic nodes that represents separation, isolation, and moksha, which is very spiritualizing, and... It helps us understand the difference between the material world and the spiritual world. It helps us see the importance of life and what is truly real and valuable, similarly to Uttara Bhadrapada that I was talking about earlier. And so with Ketu being in this incredibly harsh and yet incredibly spiritualizing zone, it's getting hit by Mars. We can certainly expect to see some challenging events occur. Mars is also retrograding in the sign of Aries. It's making its way back to the Gandanta point of Pisces. So Mars will also be Gandanta here not, not too long. I think around October 8th, it's going to move back into Pisces. So this month is going to feel heated. There's going to be the uncontrollable and inconsistent aggression of a Mars retrograde. It's going to be very erratic and explosive. And of course, K2 also has many qualities similar to Mars. So it will also put an emphasis on this volatility and overall lack of diplomacy, really. But the difference with K2 is that its sole purpose is to detach us from the material world and keep us from identifying with our attachments how we think things have been, how we think things should be, what makes us comfortable. K2 likes to force us out of our comfort zone in that way. So these next couple of weeks with K2 are going to be pretty intense. When K2 comes out of Gandanta, things will get easier. And as I've been saying, when Rahu enters Rohini, I believe in February 2021, this is really going to bring a more harmonious energy to the nodes. But until then, we are going to see a lot of conflict and frustration aggression, and most of all, confusion when it comes to what's happening in the government and politically. We are preparing for the election in November in the United States, and it is going to be very confusing. I don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of clarity around it, and we're kind of already beginning to see that. And this is all playing in to something bigger that we're going to start seeing at the beginning of next year. So I think that many of the structures we have in place that are fragile or not working, unfair and unjust, of course, we just had this verdict with Breonna Taylor. That is going to spark enormous outrage, which it already has. 
But we're going to see the racial inequality continue to come to the surface and be seen. We're going to have issues with the election. We're going to have people disagreeing on so many different topics. There's not going to be a whole lot of cohesion. And what is happening and the conflict that is taking place is going to be what is necessary for us to reconstruct more fair, just systems. This is my opinion and we'll see what happens. I'm also hoping, as I mentioned on a podcast recently, that I think we're going to make changes in how we interact with mother nature. I think that a lot of this very unsustainable, many unsustainable methods that we use with nature are going to be seen. And I think that mother nature is going to demand that she gets treated differently. We're seeing so much natural disaster. We're going to continue to see natural disaster. So all of this is coming up for us to see and for us to change. So it's painful and it's frustrating and it's kind of like growing pains. So we see these areas that need to be adjusted and fixed. It's super uncomfortable. And now we know the direction that we can adjust and grow from. And so as I've been mentioning on this podcast, change doesn't happen overnight. Reconstruction doesn't happen overnight. Confronting climate change doesn't happen overnight. Confronting racial inequality doesn't happen overnight. These are all things that take a great period of time, but we are seeing the beginning catalyst for great change and I don't think that these next few months are going to be easy, but I do think that we're heading in a better direction. And the United States is going to go through incredible changes, truly. It's going to change significantly. Um, But we just have to go one step at a time and always focus on what we have control over and what we can create. Because at the end of the day, How we can have the most impact in our lives is by the way we choose to speak, the actions we choose to take, how we choose to connect with one another. And in all of these endeavors, choosing to act from a space that's in alignment with our true authenticity and staying connected to that space despite fear or what we read, what we see on the media, how other people are acting trying as hard as we can to stay connected to who we really are at our core essence. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope that now you can plan a really nice full moon ceremony for yourself with a personal inventory and plenty of quiet time or meditation. If you would like to become a patron of the podcast, going to patreon.com slash podcast and I'll put the link to that in the descriptions. If you would like to schedule a reading with me, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. Visit my website innerknowing.yoga. You can follow me on Instagram astrologynow underscore podcast and on Twitter astrologynow underscore. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.